welcome to another episode of the Wednesday Poll List. My name is Lex, and each week, me and my buddy Murph are going to get together and talk about something nerdy. Let's jump right in. All right, we are live. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back, Murph. What's happening, buddy? Oh, what's up? Sounds alright, man. Nah, man. I'm live and I'm live and alive. <laughs> That's not what I meant yeah, to say. You're tired. <laughs> <laughs> this is the second week uh, of the month, our new month of scheduling, and it's Murph's choice. So, what are we talking about? Well, as you can all tell or have heard, it's been a kind of a big weekend in the movie scene. It's been kind of quiet since. I don't know what Endgame probably was the last big hype movie to come out. Uh, so. Spider Man. Oh yeah, Spider Man. Yeah, Marvel. It's all the same. Hmm. So counterpart of that, DC dropped Joker this weekend, and uh, we both saw it today. Yeah, I wasn't going to. Uh, I had no real plans to see it, but Murph wanted to do the episode about it, so I said, okay, if it's for the podcast, I will do it, and we'll talk about my thoughts on that in a second. Uh, but what's going on with you, man? Anything new since last week? Uh, no. no. Just work. You know, just living the dream, big time celebrity podcast co-host. Yeah, you're doing so well. You bought a new truck. Yeah, I did. I got me a little toy. It's not a new <laughs> truck. I mean, it's it's 25 years uh, old, let's be honest. It's, still, it's pretty cool. It's fun. I got me a little little Toyota truck, little 4x4, 5-speed. Pretty cool. You know. Basically, it's, I just need to put a fifty caliber machine gun in the back, and I'm ready to go. Yeah, it'd be like GI Joe or something of like that. that. Yeah, man, <laughs> something, something terrorist. Oh god, uh, yeah. There's nothing else. I haven't been doing anything either besides uh, messing with this stuff. I did. I did not. Again, I didn't plan to see the Joker. I guess we'll jump right in. Oh, first, we're going to. So the third week of the month, we were going to do uh, just like a recap of news. That we that have passed over the past month or whatever passed over the past month. We're going to go over news, basically everything, not games, movies, comics. We're going to do that, but we're also going to do this thing. I'm going to challenge the listeners and Merv to read, let's say a trade, so like a volume one of a comic series, and then we're going to talk about. It. So it's, it's not that long. It's like maybe six issues in a volume. And then we're going to talk about it. So it'd be like one story a month, and I, I do I I'll do be, have this month already. So you're gonna you're gonna like suggest one to yeah, me, or you just want, I'm gonna, okay. I'll announce it at the end of this episode, and then at the end of next week's episode, I'll announce the next month. So whereas whereas uh, this week you have a week <laughs> to read it, thanks. Uh, you'll have it's a good read though. Um, you'll once this is a good one. You'll get through this one pretty fast, but next month you'll have a month to read six issues which isn't that bad and i will provide everyone in the world with the reading material but you murph i'll, I'll provide you with the reading material nice so. dude so i this week i played dodgeball and i haven't played dodgeball in yeah like in, like in real life. i don't even know since like the last century maybe anyways i noticed and i was playing and heaving some balls did i have like a tennis elbow thing going on today I need to get out more. You're getting old, man. No, it's pathetic, dude. Bionic arm, man. Six million, six billion dollar man. You are officially getting old. Tennis elbow is an old man problem. I know. I'm not gonna put one of those. I used to think that was a sit. Like people would say that, like you're just being a wimp. <laughs> yeah. No, no, oh, yeah. I can feel feels feels kind of funny in the old forearm there. All your joints are gonna start clicking and clacking, man. 
Yeah, dude, it's not even the elbow either, but that's what they say it's called. Just like when you hit your funny bone, yeah. not funny. Yeah, it's not funny at all. So, talking about the Joker, I don't know. We have Murph really, well, I'll let him tell how he is, how he felt about the movie he went and saw with his wife tonight. So let me jump in first by, we're going to talk a little bit about the Joker, but that's all right with you. Yeah, and let's do it. That's what we're here for. Hijack your episode. Spoiler alert, Batman's in the movie. Yeah, and if anything, if you're listening to this, and we're doing it early, we usually let a week pass by before we do like a review episode, but this is going to be just a few days after it came out. So if you haven't seen it yet, don't listen to this episode. It's just a and, serious. And I'd say, spoiler alert, a Batman's in the movie. You know what I mean. Bruce Wayne yeah. may or may not be in the movie. Well, I mean, so. I think he was in the previews. He made him, he did the smile thing, made him smile through the fence. But. From here on out, yeah, real serious, real spoiler, real spoiler alerts. Me and Murph are going to kind of nerd out about. Uh, I got some some facts about the Joker, as in the character. A few facts about you know things that happen behind the scenes of the movie, and then I ranked my my Jokers, and but then Murph and I are also going to rift on you know what we thought about the movie. Some things that we kind of did before. We should just hit record when we first started talking. I think we could have got some good stuff. Okay, so if you haven't heard about the Joker, you don't really follow comic books. I feel like even if you didn't follow comic books, you would know who the Joker is. He's one of those you know big characters. If you know who Batman is. Yeah, if you know who Batman is, I mean, they're yin and yeah. yang. You almost can't Absolutely. have Batman without Joker. And vice versa. Vice versa. Ooh. Besides in this movie. Ugh. <laughs> I did. I, I'm gonna say it, but I'm gonna say this a lot in this episode. I did not hate the movie. I'm gonna, I'm gonna it let, it, feels I'm gonna let like everyone it. know this ahead of the time. I did not hate this movie. So, the Joker is a supervillain and the arch enemy of Batman. Probably his, you know, Batman has a huge rogues gallery, but it's it's Joker. He's his number one arch enemy. He was first introduced mm-hmm. in Batman number one in spring 1940. He's pretty. He's been popular ever since then. Even though the original creator was wanted to kill Joker off in like the first or second issue, but they didn't. They kept him. And Batman and Joker are like Jesus Christ and Satan. Why is it? Is this going to be an every episode thing now? (laughs) Two weeks in a row, baby. What's up, White Man? Jesus. What's up, White Man? (laughs) For anyone that doesn't know what that means, they're going to think you're just talking to white people out there. You have to. Oh yeah, no, no. Whoops, sorry. <laughs> so now you did the episode. You're like talking about Jesus and Satan, and then you're just like shouting out all the white men out there in the world. People, yeah, really not. <laughs> that's the good catch because in my mind, I'm like not even thinking that white man is actually a person. What's up? He's a friend of ours. This is gonna get flagged <laughs> under a whole different category. Yeah, it's a long story to explain why his nickname is the white man, but. But he is he's he is, a super nice guy. He's a super nice guy and uh not a racist. Not a racist, not at all. Okay, so <laughs> Joker is a master criminal with a clown-like appearance and is considered probably the most infamous criminal in Gotham City. Now, he was initially portrayed as a violent sociopath who murders people for his own amusement, but it, later on it began to be like a goofy trickster thief who also murders people for his own amusement. What's his kill count, you think? I don't know. It's got to be high. And it depends on what form of media you're looking at. Like, I mean, it's got to be really high. I wouldn't even know. Because like in the animated series, nobody was killed. No. 
He was really just like a prankster in those. Yeah, he was a prankster. But like in The Dark Knight Returns Part 1 and Part 2, he killed a lot. Killed the shit out of people. Yeah. And I, I, I rewatched that yesterday. So I've, I've been kind of overdoing it on Joker stuff. Maybe that's why I'm, I've been kind of salty about uh, the new Joker movie. Because I, I watched both of those yesterday. Uh, I, this morning before I went to work, I watched the, the original Tim Burton Batman. And then when I got home from seeing Joker, I watched Heath Ledger Joker. See, here's the thing with this Joker. I think you have to go in, based on watching the trailer, like when I first watched the trailer and just kind of found out what was going on with it, to me it's you have to go in with like a clean slate expectations. The only thing that you should think the same before you, and this is my opinion, before you watch the movie is if you haven't watched it and you're just, you know, pushing through with us. Joker is the only thing that is the same from all the other iterations, as in his name. And that might be a problem for you as it was for me because of the source material. It's very far from it. And if you're not a comic book fan, then it's just the perfect movie for you. And but, the, but the thing is on that, also on the other side of that, is how many Batman iterations have we well, seen? You know what I mean? Well, what do you mean? like? Well, I mean, we've seen several different versions of batman yeah, i mean but they all stick at some point at some point to the source material it's it's tethered to the source material enough that there's recon, recognizable characteristics true you know I mean? and my only counter to that would be are what is the source material prior to him to what we know the joker as or is what 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 is what is our what does our source material tell us who the joker is before the movie every every other every, no not this movie i'm saying every other version of the joker we've seen the, where's the, the source i'm saying it's in the book yes in the movies the source material is from the books he's the clown prince of crime he's the trickster the goofy trick what what's his real name that's part of who and that's another thing that's another that's another main part of the joker is ambiguous, and this is going to be in my review of it, so I'm, yeah, we're jumping way ahead. <laughs> so I'm not going to get into that yet. And see, I have a rebuttal for that point as well. I don't, I don't think you do, and because it's just, uh, it's a preference thing. So where, and I guess I don't want to jump that far ahead. <laughs> see, you're you're pushing me too far ahead. So the joke, okay. the Joker has been. Um, He's not really like a calculated psychopath killer. He's he's very random. He's uh, responsible for numerous tragedies in Batman's life, including the paralysis of Barbara Gordon, the murders of Jason Todd, and Jim Gordon's second wife, Sarah Essen. So he's he's done a lot. He's been around. He's got a nice track record. He's uh he's not to be trifled with. Unlike a lot of supervillains out there, he he doesn't have a lot of motives. He just likes. To watch the world burn. I think that's what makes him dangerous. Yeah. I think that's what makes him super yeah. dangerous. And he doesn't—he's not—he doesn't have super strength. I think he's highly intelligent. Yeah. And I think because of the mental, obviously, if you didn't watch this movie, if you didn't watch Joaquin Phoenix Joker, you would still think that Joker has some kind of mental issues. And I think that basically blocks his pain sensories. He like, doesn't feel he's... pain. That's the thing. Yeah, he doesn't feel any kind of pain. So. And Batman doesn't kill. Well. Traditional versions of Batman doesn't kill. He doesn't That's throw close. crates in their fore- foreheads of henchmen. Yeah, or shoot. Shout out Zack Snyder. Shoot gas tanks on the back of their backs and explode them. Yeah. Most Batman don't kill. 
But that being said, that's what makes them so perfect together. Okay. Because Joker, I think Joker's constantly chasing Batman to get him to kill him. Yeah. He wants to break the bat. Not like Bane. Right. But like he says, in, like he says in Killing Joke, he says, you know, you're one bad day away from being me. Really good. So at this point, we can get into the movie. So what did you think of the movie? What are your initial thoughts? Let's let's dive deep. You saw it. You're fresh out the gate. So it is a very good movie. What's your scale? One to ten. I'm giving this movie a nine out of ten. Holy crap, a nine. Yeah, it's a real... I mean, uh, 40 minutes into this movie, I was sitting there, and I even texted you in the movie. Yeah. Sitting in the movie, I remember thinking, this is a really really the the pacing was very was done very well and the the score the music the music was amazing yeah the music added a layer added a layer to this because let's break it down this movie is a character study right this isn't this movie is about the you're watching the movie through the eyes of the joker Mm -hmm. you know i mean it's a character study so if you've ever seen if you like movies like that then you'll like this movie you've never seen a character study movie then this will be a first experience for you but the score helped. I mean, I give it a nine out of a 10. Now we talked about this a little bit as a Joker movie. I, I will agree that it's not as strong, but if I, if you were to just tell me, Hey, go watch this movie. And it was called anything but the Joker. Holy shit. This would still be a, it would still be a nine out of 10. For Man, me. I didn't know you gave nine out of 10. Uh, That's nuts. Give it a nine. I'm giving it a nine. Yeah. It's, it's currently, it's, it's at a 69% on Rotten Tomatoes, 91% popcorn. I think it opened it. It's opened up at ninety million so far. So what, two and a half days, ninety hundred million bucks. Yeah. So it's it's doing well. I did. Uh, I gave it an eight, which for me is, is good. I don't really give it a lot of eight. Higher than I thought you would give it yeah, from just the eight as a movie, as a Joker movie. It's a five. <laughs> so that you got to take that too. It's not just either or for me. It for me, it's very. Watching this movie, let me preface with this, thoroughly enjoyed it, but in the, there was something, and even there's still something right now that it was missing. It felt a little hollow to me, just a little bit, because there was no real payoff. And I've heard rumors and uh, talks with people about there maybe being a sequel, which is out of a lot of people's control. It's really whatever Warner Brothers want to do. If they want to push through with a sequel, they're they're going to do it. Any positive things I have to say about this movie will go out the window, and this movie will be garbage. And that'll take that'll take away from this one. Yeah, especially for these kind of movies, like a movie that is so um, emotionally complex, it it, it it kind of waters it down. But it was in a good emotional complexity. No, emotional complexness or being com- emotional complex doesn't mean it's bad. That's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. I wasn't saying. I, I agree, though. They do a sequel; it ruins it because, like, you know, we you sent you know the we posted the Birds of the Trey player, Birds of Prey trailer. Jeez, the other day, and dude, it looks like just a it looks like a sequel to Suicide Squad, which is already getting remade again. And I'm just, I don't know. I'm not interested. It's nothing to do because it's women. I know people are gonna like freak out and say that. I just no, that movie just looks. It bad. looks just basically like an extended cut, like extra shit with Harley Quinn from that franchise. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't look good at all. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm really nervous about the Reeves Batman movie. Like you're nervous about. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to be any good. I wouldn't be nervous about that. That's you're. that's way you're, it's way too early to be nervous about that. You haven't seen anything from it. I know, but I'm still, I'm just, 
You can't be nervous. <laughs> it's the From same thing with like Heath, in my- with Heath Ledger. Everyone was worried about Heath Ledger being a crappy Joker. I was one of the people that said he was never going to be a good Joker. I saw. I didn't think. I, I wasn't concerned things. about him. I saw Ten Things I Hate About You. I saw A Knight's Tale. I just was like, no, there's no way this guy's going to be a good Joker. See, and I think that's why. I think. I think when the consensus freaks out about stuff like that, that you get surprised and it makes yeah, it even I'm better. You know, like. Ben Affleck shouldn't be, you know, Ben Affleck for brute for Batman. No way, he was okay. he was a really good Batman. It was okay. I thought he was a good Batman. I don't care about his Bruce Wayne performance, but the brooding, because remember that Batman's based on, um, the uh, Dark Knight That's what series. They said. Mm-hmm. So it fit. It kind of fit. Like the Dark Knight Batman, other than killing people, and like fit. smiling and in the Justice League, he was like the emotional anchor for the group. Instead of he was like, "Come on, guys, we're a team. Let's work together." Instead of like he wasn't Batman, he was he wasn't. Yeah, Batman's the loner. He didn't want to, he didn't work with the Justice League in Dark Knight. He was, but in Justice League, he would bring them together. Like, hey, we have to do this. It it just didn't fit. It just it was just bad, bad writing altogether. Yeah, the writing was bad, but him, the physical aspects of it, I really, really enjoyed. Not my favorite Batman, but we'll see. And I, I hopefully, uh, I'm thinking the same thing. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be good. Just like you're nervous about it, I'm optimistic about it. I'm nervous about it. I think Robert Pattinson's going to be actually a lot better than people think yeah, is Batman, but I'm just nervous about that. I'm nervous about that movie because it's already getting talked about a trilogy, possibly. Like, I just. Yeah, well. They're, they're trying to just jeez, and it's it should have already been out by now. You know, Ben Affleck was cast and was directing, and now Matt Reed. Like, it's just it. There's a lot of yeah, well, Titanic they said they stuff going to do, on with that movie. It's like old Bat. He's old Batman, and then they wanted to do a Batman tale when he was a detective, and they just Ben Affleck. It, it was never going to work. It was never going to work with him. No, it's probably and it probably yeah. worked out for the better, well, but. Back to Joker. Um, it was beautiful, beautiful movie. Uh, I have. Why didn't you like it? It's not that I didn't like it. I liked it. I did. I genuinely liked it. Um, what's the but? There's no but. It's just the the issue. I don't really know what my issue that I had with it. I have a few small issues. The hypothesis of the movie, the main thing, the question that it's asking is: Can the Joker have his own movie, and should he have his own movie? And the answer to that question for me is kind, maybe, yeah, kinda. <laughs> it it kinda worked. It just there was there was it was something. I can't figure it out yet. And there was just So let's talk about one of the issues you had, right? The name. Arthur Flex on the character in the movie his name is care. Arthur Flex. I never said that. I don't care about that. So so you didn't have any I thought we talked about earlier, like we're talking about source material and you said that well you know his name doesn't this movie. mean origins. I mean I'm talking about characteristics just in general, but but generally speaking, we we as readers or watchers of anything involving the Joker don't really know his true name, correct? Yeah. So, does the fact that they give him a name Arthur Fleck in this movie, do you have a problem with that, or is it something you can kind of get by with? Well, the thing is, like having an origin in its own, like it's not necessarily the name. The, the movie by itself is not necessary because it's part of the appeal of the character. Right, and I, I understand that part. So, in my only, my only, if anybody's like, "Well, they shouldn't have given a name, Arthur Fleck," in the movie, you come to find out that he's actually adopted. So, we really don't know. So, I like yeah. that they kept that. Like, he was adopted. His name 
maybe is Arthur, maybe it's not, but he was adopted when he was a very young boy. So obviously his mother named him Arthur and his last, her last name's Fleck. So that's why he has the name Fleck. So I like that it kept that like that's deep. I mean, I don't know if that's deep stuff to be paying attention to, but like, if you pay attention yeah. to that, I like that. Like you, we still don't really yeah. know what his real name is. There's you know? some controversy around the movie when it first came out. You know, they say it's just a movie about a lonely white guy that becomes a shooter and they're trying to glorify the process of that. And it gladly, it wasn't that, you know, it was a, it wasn't that at all, which is, I mean, from no, the outside, really. looking at the previews and stuff, I can see where some people would think that, but luckily it wasn't that. And, and I think that anyone that thought that originally, it will be hard to, to actually stick with that. It, and I, you know, a lot of the critics, like you were saying, were saying that, you know, this wasn't going to incite violence. I don't know. I remember seeing articles on TV about extra police presence at movie Did theaters. Y'all have any, y'all have and that whole, yeah, there was, there was officers there. Did you have any ears? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Like, that's, that's crazy because let's, let's be honest. There's movies that have come out recently that were way more violent than this movie. Deadpool. Yeah. Um, super Rob Zombie's movie that's coming out in December, whatever the Three from Hell is going to be ten times more violent than this movie. I think it's mainly because of the shooting of the, like the the last one with the Joker. yeah. I think it's yeah, and I, I see where people yeah, I see where people are coming from on that. But you know, like Deadpool for example, I think it's because it's taken as a joke. Whereas this, you know, Deadpool's a jokester character, and I know the Joker is too. But this setting of this movie is. Like I said, we said, if you take the Joker out of it, it is a, it's about a movie. It's about a middle-aged white guy with a mental illness that gets pushed his buttons too much and he flips. I mean, that's, that's what it is. But I think what it tells, and even my wife said this. So first of all, two things in my wife, we walked out of it. She's not into comic books. She has no idea. She walked out and, or first of all, during the movie, she's like, why does it keep showing that little boy? First of all, the little boy she kept talking about was Bruce Wayne. Secondly, we were walking out of the movie theater and she's like, that was a really good movie. So it was shocking for me to hear her say that. Now she has a psychology background from college and she was like, I like how they, and she's not talking about the violence. She's like, I like how they kind of highlighted on. And she's talking of a person who not on the comic side of it. She's talking as a person who saw just, Hey, that was a good movie side. And her points were, I like how they touched on, you know, that mental illness is like a real thing and people aren't getting treated because in the movie, remember funding is cut like, nope. And he even says to his, his social workers, Hey, you're not listening to anything. I'm I'm telling you that my life sucks. Mm -hmm. It's really bad. And you're not doing anything to help me. So you have that with the fact that, you know, I don't want to say bullying, but people are, you know, picking on him. And I think people have limits and they break and they almost, they get you to almost, sympathize and take sides with them and then he just you know the climax of the movie third act yeah i think i think one of my i think it's one of my issues with it it's like why 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 did they want you to sympathize with the character Uh, for me it was almost i didn't i didn't and it's maybe it's because i know who he is yeah and and then my answer to well what if you've never heard of the joker and you watch that okay i almost started sympathizing with him until the third act and i'm like you know what nope there's a line, right? I'm, I feel like I'm a normal, sane person. Yeah. So, um, there's a line. And when he started killing like Robert De Niro, I mean, and the dudes on the train and let's talk about the dudes on the train. So he gets jumped on the train. Spoiler alert. And yeah, but some rich, you know, frat dudes and they're 
beating him up and assaulting him and kicking him while he's down. And he shoots and kills two of them right on the train and shoots the other one in the leg. And the guy runs off. That's self-defense. That's how I took it. Yeah. Yeah. Now the other guy, like you said, he chases down and kills. That's murder. He murdered the last guy. He murdered the last dude. But the first dude, I mean, you can almost sympathize with that. I mean, how much are you going to take of getting your shit kicked out of you? You can be killed. You can be punched enough in the face to die. You know what I mean? So I don't like movies that infringe on politics with real world. Like I like the fantasy and that's why they're movies because I go there to escape. You know, from reality, but this one did a good job of bringing those things to light in a subtle way in that universe. I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that, but that's my two cents. I mean, it's okay. And I, I don't, I don't compare the, to, you know, Heath Ledger to Walking Phoenix. I'm not doing that whenever I bring up Heath Ledger. It's just that my problem is uh, with the character. And when I mean source material, if anyone's confused by that, I don't mean like, his name or his actual story. I feel like what made Heath Ledger, you know, so good in his role is his refusal to disclose his motivation, which I feel like that is the main part of the source material that I'm talking about, which in contrast, Joker, Mm -hmm. the Joker movie just basically reads as a list of motives. You know what I mean? It's, it provides, it provides a chaotic evil, just like a, a evil force with a character arc and a sympathetic backstory. It's like connecting two magnets together. It just doesn't go together. I can, I can, I can agree to that. I see. Where, I mean, I see where you're coming from. They, they keep, they keep the Joker scary because this movie, this movie, it's not a scary movie. But the Joker as a character is a scary character. They keep that, but that without the actual chaos, like he starts to develop a little bit of chaos, even though it's very blurred on what's real and what's not real towards the end. But it just loses some of that sticky sticky chaos that and you know that kind of there's something about the joker when you see him in comic books and things like that it, it it's it's almost like a disconnect but i feel like this joker was very connected yeah and i think it's because if you take this movie as an origin movie per se i don't i don't do you call this an origin movie I think it's an Elseworlds story, which uh, which makes me appreciate it. And Elseworlds, for anyone that doesn't know, that is a series of comic books in DC Comics that just tells alternate reality stories. It basically gives you just extra stories with some of your favorite characters. So let's 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 approach this from an origin story for a second, okay? So you talk about, and which is what I like about the Joker, the chaos. You don't know his motivations. He's just a, he's a force that's there and never mm-hmm. stops, right? No explanation. Downhill train. In this movie, I feel that if you're taking it as an origin, his character works towards the what we know as Joker in this universe. I, I throughout the movie right and up until the very end is when he gets on that okay he has become transformed to the joker and i think they try if that's the case that they want to cover they try to hide some of that um you know or or clean some of that up like for example um the killings of those three frat dudes on the train had like the city in an uproar you know like all wearing kill the rich people all wearing joker masks and then he had his face painted on the Robert De Niro show. And he's like, hey, is this a political thing? He's like, I don't have politics. I don't care about any of that. So that to me is them just putting a little crumb there like to say, hey, he doesn't care. Like he has no motivations 
even though everything he has done up to that point has been built on some of that stuff that we already talked about. And it doesn't make you get where I'm coming from. Yeah, I get you. And I'm going to say kind of. That's what I agree, kind of. It's not so much that the movie glorifies this bad character or anything, but it's it's structured around his idea of it's like his whole life sucks, long suffering, and that they the filmmakers want you to believe that he has something to say, even though, like you said, he doesn't have anything to say. He doesn't believe in anything. He doesn't have any, doesn't have any politics or anything like that, which isn't true because he doesn't really want to watch the world burn. He doesn't want to watch, he doesn't want to watch the chaos. He really wants an apology for his life sucking, Mm -hmm. which that's to me, that's not, that's a little bit of a motive. That's, that's not the Joker. The Joker doesn't really have motives besides to fuck with Batman, you know, and not that he doesn't deserve an apology in this movie. I mean, he's, his life sucks. (laughs) He catches a beat down numerous times, you know, he, Mm -hmm. he, just for being a person, (laughs) He didn't really do anything. You know, he doesn't antagonize any of the attackers. He just, uh, just kind of sucks. And his emotional relationships, emotional, I mean, everything sucks. His mom okay. sucks. Yeah. His mom sucks. sucks. Her, his, I guess not stepdad's mom's boyfriend beat him up as a kid. He has that weird uh, disability where he just laughs at random things. Yeah. So I thought that was cool. So what'd you think of his laugh? I thought it was good. I, and I'll talk about this in a second. Uh, I thought it was good. Yeah, I thought it was good. I really liked the laugh. I thought the laugh was pretty good. I think it's really, really close there with Ledger. Yeah, it was good. I don't know. It just, it's... I think it was really good. Well, King Phoenix is good, man. He, he, he did a great job. He kind of, to me, a few years ago, he I just didn't take him serious. But, dude, he is um, he's a very talented actor. As I mentioned before we recorded, I feel like they didn't need to put all the Joker stuff in there. Like, the movie would have still worked. So if they just called this movie the Arthur, and then he had a painted face like that, would you have guessed it was a Joker movie? Uh, like, I'm just saying, take Joker out of it completely. Oh, okay. Don't make it a Joker movie at all. Like, make it about Arthur Fleck, or just to call it Gotham City, and it talk about, and it leads up to the, you know, spoiler alert, is Bruce's parents getting killed. Mm-hmm. Which, like, just Gotham City just, is just a crappy place to live. Which, if we can talk about the end real quick... um, yeah, when he's in the insane asylum at the end. So after the uh, after the riots, I'm guessing he gets picked up and arrested again, and he starts yeah. laughing. Do what? I think he just turns himself in. He, maybe he's laughing, and the therapist is like, "What?" And he's like, "Oh, I was just thinking of a joke." And she was like, "You want to tell it?" And he's like, "No, you wouldn't get it. I wish the movie would have just cut the black there because what he's talking about, he's talking about Bruce Wayne's what he what he caused for Bruce Wayne, right? Like." Look at everything I've had to suffer. Now you're kind of in the same boat as me. Like he's, it's a joke to him. It's funny that yeah. he created that for him. I thought it would have been great if the movie just cut the black there, but it did. And it kind of did this whole another scene where he's walking out with blood foot. His footprints are bloody. Did he kill the woman? Yeah, because they wanted to leave running. it open for the possibility of a fucking sequel. Mm-hmm. Even if they cut the black though, a few a few scenes seconds before, it still could have been left open yeah. for a sequel. Yeah, I mean it's very true. I don't know. These guys, Phillips and Silver, they co-wrote this movie as a pendant for the great 2009 X-Men Origins Wolverine. Ugh. Yeah. So they've come a long ways. Good for them. They made up for themselves. Made up, you know. But it still, it still has its weaknesses. The movie is basically Taxi Driver and the King of Comedy and Falling Down combined in one. I don't. I love homages, so I'm not saying that's a negative thing. 
yeah, I'm not mad about it, but as I was driving home, I thought I was thinking about, um, and what's funny is that Robert De Niro's in this, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. and, but, but the director, uh, um, uh, Phillips, Todd Phillips, Todd Phillips, Scorsese. He is, he has said that Scorsese is a big influence of his, even though he's done like, so Todd Phillips has done movies like the hangovers, all the hangover movies, old school, or he was a producer slash director hangovers, school for scoundrels, project X due date. So he's actually done quite a bit of comedies. So this movie was not that. Yeah. Um, but it was still really, really good. Uh, but yeah, I thought of Taxi Driver, and basically, for those of you who haven't seen Taxi Driver, Robert De Niro is a it take, the movie's in 1976, but Robert De Niro is a Vietnam vet that comes home. He works the night shift, and he's got PTSD. Basically, they didn't call it PTSD, mm-hmm. and he's fucking crazy, and he starts doing bad shit to people and killing fucking people. But he gets pushed like it's his a, buttons yeah, get the, pushed. The same thing, like he just a lot. It's of literally the same thing happening around him. It, it's very close. If you if you put them side by side, it's very close. Uh, but I mean, I don't know. It's it, the movie looks like a thought provoking movie. It feels like a thought provoking movie, but I feel like it it's not really. You know, it 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 was good. I will not. I'm I'm really disappointed in all the critics and social media posts talking about how this movie is. Yeah. You know, it's bad. Nobody go see it. It's going to entice violence. Like, I'm, it, no. I'm disappointed like, in both. Um, I feel like it was it was either that with people or people just extremely overhyping it. And it, it made me kind of go in like, oh, okay, this movie's not that great. You know, it kind of is oversold to me. And through the word masterpiece, everyone said masterpiece. I'm just like, ah, it's not really. It's, it's a good movie. I wouldn't say Matt. I mean, I give it a nine out of ten, but it's I wouldn't say masterpiece. I mean, I don't know. It wasn't that strong enough for me. And honestly, I'll say this: if I had to break it down a little more, script seven. Joaquin Phoenix makes it an eight, and the music makes yeah. it a nine. Like that's what I'm saying. Like I haven't seen a movie in a long time where the score actually did something for me. Like the music in this, yeah. Man, it was. The music was perfect. Yeah, sure. Like there were scenes that they reshot because of the music, just how Joaquin Phoenix reacted to the music at the time, and they reshot like the bathroom scene after he kills those guys. That wasn't. Mm-hmm. He was just supposed to go in there, wash his face off. Like it was. It wasn't supposed to be that good of a scene. And those little things, yeah, that scene was brilliant. Let's talk about another scene that was brilliant: uh, the fridge. So he's in the kitchen, pulls everything out of his yeah. fridge, and just yeah. gets in his fridge. And you had an interesting theory on that. And a lot of people think, or I've, I've gathered some conversations on the internet. Some people think that he he dies in the in the fridge. He goes in because once those fridges shut, I don't think you can push them open from I, the inside, I right? Fridges, man. Whew. I have a hard time opening fridges like that. Sometimes you know, if you suck, some of those suction fridges, I don't know how it works, man. But I would imagine it wouldn't be that easy. And he's crazy, so. And they allude that he's going to kill himself throughout the movie. Yeah. You know, he does the knock knock joke where he points the, you know, puts the gun next to his head, pulls the trigger. Because remember, at the beginning when he first gets the gun, he actually shoots his apartment. Yeah. But then that time it was unloaded. So they did a very good job of making it hard to like what was reality and yeah, what was him. Like there's some scenes with Domino, the chick from um, the Deadpool movie, Domino. She's like his root, his hall. She lives on the hall from him, and they meet each other in the air, on the uh, elevator. But then through the rest of the movie. 
it makes it appear that you know she goes to the comedy club with him. She goes with him to the hospital to meet his mom. Yeah, like a relationship. You know, they yeah, have a romantic a relationship. Scene. And then, like at one point, he goes into her apartment, and she's like, "Can you please get out of my apartment? You're the guy from the elevator." So it's that's when you kind of realize, yeah. "Oh shit!" None of that happened. Don't take in everything. Everything you're seeing is not real. And then yeah. it makes you question the whole movie because you know at the very early on yeah. when he's watching the late night show, and then he imagines that he's a character, or you know, he's a, an audience member that gets called up. Like you start, they start to allude to it then, but then it just goes completely off the rails. You know, and that's funny because when that, I just thought of that him as daydreaming. I it didn't hit me till he went into her um, apartment. Like I was that scene at the beginning. It was so early on, I guess, that I was just like, oh yeah, he just doesn't have a father, and yeah, he kind of looks up to this guy. So they did a good job. Not a lot of Easter. I mean, I'm sure there are Easter eggs. I didn't catch too many more. You know, Thomas Wayne's in it. Quite, Thomas Wayne is actually uh, yeah. in the movie and quite he's a uncharacter- bit. I'd say. Characteristically, he's Thomas Wayne. Thomas Wayne is usually Thomas Wayne is usually yeah, he's a kind of a dick. Philanthropy, philanthropy, uh, kind of mogul. You know, he's rich. He's a doctor. He helps people. They wanted to clean up the streets of Gotham, but in this one, he wants to be. He's kind of a jerk. He's kind of a he's kind of a dick. Of the, makes fun of the poor people. Calls them all clowns. There were some police officer opportunities where I really thought we were going to get to see Jim Gordon. Uh, it didn't happen. Those I really when he was in the car, I thought one of those guys would be Gordon. Yeah, I'm kind of glad they didn't do a lot of that though. I would have been okay with that. That wouldn't have been too much for me. The thrill of the Joker for me is like we were talking about is watching Walking Phoenix, like just enjoying him as an actor. He's amazing. It, honestly, it's just amazing let, performance. let him unleash his acting capabilities on it. And it, by itself, without any context, made it. That's why I give it an eight. Okay, so then let me ask you this. I know you have issues with it as a Joker movie, but if, does he deserve an Oscar nomination? Um, if you're, if, yeah, maybe. If you're just going active, if it's based off acting chops, just, yeah. just best actor, best yeah. actor nomination. I agree. I yeah. think he does. I don't think it's that good. That bathroom dancing scene. Yeah, I don't think he'll. <laughs> I don't think he'll win. I don't think there's a. Uh, I don't think there's a chance that he'll win. But yeah, for sure. I mean, what else is out this year though? So far, I don't. Know. I mean, it's early. It's early. I can't think of anything else that really has caught my eye acting wise. He might. I think he deserves a nomination for sure. A nomination. I'm not saying he deserves a win. People I'm just, are polling for. Robert Downey Jr. to get a nomination too. I would be okay with that as well. I'd be okay with it. He 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 put in some work. It would be a nomination based on everything he's yeah, done. Yeah, I mean, we it, could be honest, but still good. deserving, I think. Yeah, you know, and what did what did Heath Ledger get it for? Supporting actor. Yeah, he got best. He was. See, here's my next question. He, that was post That was post he was given to him after he passed. Oh. And I'm not saying that he didn't deserve it, and I'm not saying they did it because he passed away. Well, they probably did. If he didn't pass away, does he still get the award? Dad probably gave it to him because he passed away. Do you think if he didn't pass away, he gets the award? I don't know if he would have won. Definitely deserved the nomination. A nomination? Without See, a I think I think Joaquin Phoenix deserves a nomination. Without a doubt. It's a, it's a good... I'm telling you, it's a... IMBD's got it at nine point one. It's a really good movie. I get, I I get your arguments, your Joker, the Joker aspect of yeah. it. I get it. I see it, but I I don't know. I maybe it's his performance not, that just makes again, me. For the record, I'm not saying it's a bad movie. I enjoyed it. I just 
I have a lot of problems with Warner Brothers in general, and I'm a big picture guy, so I'm not even just thinking about just the movie. We talked about how they rushed from an okay movie of Man of Steel, pushed through all the way to Justice League, fast forward years of progress that they could have had, and just mm-hmm. completely crapped out that movie franchise. I don't want them to do the same thing. I don't want them to double down on these villain movies because I think they should just leave. If they leave this alone, I think this will age very nicely. Yeah, no sequel. It, uh, and I'm telling you right now, I do sing high praise for this movie. It, it was good. Um, in an, in another form, another reality or whatever, that it would have been a perfect. Walking Phoenix would have been a perfect Joker for the actual Dark Knight Returns movie with Ben Affleck as Batman. If you if they would have did read if they would have did that movie shot for shot with Joaquin Phoenix and Ben Affleck, oh man. See, here's my question now: in the Matt Reeves in Matt Reeves Batman, if they do do the Joker, they won't do Joker. What do you do now? Joker's too easy. That's like doing Green Goblin for it. So they're doing a, a new young Batman. Uh, it's, they'll take the same route that they did with Spider Man with young Spider Man. They didn't do Green Goblin because Green Goblin's too easy. It's too easy. They've done it before. It's too big. Yeah. But like you said, Batman's got a huge rogues gallery, so he'll he'll be fine. Oh, yeah. They should do they should they should do things that they shouldn't even do Riddler. They shouldn't even do Mr. Well, they should do Mr. Freeze after a while. But they should do the first movie. They should do something like uh Calendar Man, which I really think they should do Calendar Man. I think they should do the ventriloquist. Ooh, one of my good, favorite. Yes, yes, so good. I, I feel like that would that would make such a good character for a detective movie. You know what I mean? Yes. yes. Mr. Freeze, he's like a big character. Yeah, this is Batman after he has all his tech and all these things. In like Nolan's Batman Begins, uh, I thought Scarecrow was a good start into the. Great, yeah, he was great. Um. I really like the Nolan Batman movies, and I didn't yeah. at the time. I thought they were just okay, but now that they're, they're a little bit, they're the, the the Nolan Batman movies are the closest to reality. I know that's a weird thing to say, but yeah, they tried to they tried to base it as much as they could on actual. Yeah, like it seems real. Yeah, like it's not it's not crazy superhero far fetched. Yeah. Like it just feels. The last, it felt, one, they the felt last like, one got kind of you know with the bomb towards the everything end. They, they got kind of crazy, but the Dark Knight it's fucking Jesus. But I like you know the Bat Plane and all those things. Those are things that are actually um, in are in research and development somewhere. Not saying they're actual. They're, yeah, it's, yeah, it's practical. It's yeah. a practical movie. They were good, and you know, obviously, like I said before, that was the perfect base to do the DC universe off of. But it just it didn't happen. Christian Bale is too much of a... Yeah, I don't know why. Even though I think Christian Bale said he would... I don't know. I don't remember he said he wouldn't do anymore. That's like a... That's a big the only problem I have, only problem I have with Christian Bale's Batman is he's too short for me. Yeah. He's short. But, I mean, it worked because Tom Hardy's not that tall. So watching yeah. him... Even though, Bane, even though Bane's supposed to be like yeah. seven foot tall. Yeah. Well, back to Joker. Um, I don't know. Let's talk, let's talk. There's some things that I did find out about the movie... Just random facts. I'm going to run through these real quick. Walking Phoenix was on a stupid extreme diet. If you saw the movie, you could probably tell that already. And he lost a ton of 52 weight. pounds. Lost a ton he, of was, weight. he was already a, not a huge guy. 
you know? He's a thick, I would say he's a thick Yeah, but guy. I feel like he would be a normal-sized guy for his age, like, not in shape, not out. Did you watch You Were Never Really Here? It's an Amazon yeah. movie. He's in, he's a, he's kind of thick in that, yeah. like, he's kind of heavy in that. Yeah. So that was the last thing I saw him in. So when I saw that scene where he's at his locker getting dressed in his back, holy shit, he looked bad. It reminded me of the machinist. Yeah, after filming, he gained back 25 pounds. So he's still, I mean, he looks more normal now, but still. In the movie, whew, insane. Very insane. You never see him eat in the movie. Mm-mm. No, which is one of the things that people also think like a lot of it's made up. Because you never see a lot of things that normal people do, but then again, it's a movie. How? Why would they show him like eat? You never see him sleep. Yeah, right. He lays in bed, but he's never asleep. He never drinks liquids. He never eats. He smokes a ton of cigarettes. Yeah, people think he was in Arkham the whole time. Could have been. I don't know. And then that, you know, at the end where she says, um, he says, "I thought about a joke," and she says, "What? You know, I, you." And he says you wouldn't get it. He's basically saying that he thought of the entire movie in that in that instance. And he's like, yeah, you wouldn't understand because that movie's so crazy. Yeah. And so he's basically that's the joke. The whole movie is the joke. What else you got? The role Arthur Fleck was conceived with uh, Walking Phoenix in mind. Like they didn't. That's who they wanted to do it from the get go. That's who they got. That's good. That's cool. He was given the script. In late 2017, way before they even thought about it, or way before you, you know, people started hearing about it, they talked. They announced that they were going to do it. I remember seeing footage for it. It's got to be over a year. I mean, I remember we talked about seeing, you know, some shots, just some foot set footage shots with him and the, you know, the early mask yeah. he wears, design he wears, like a year over a year. Well, we've ago. only been doing this for a year. Well, maybe that's what it is. Yeah. See, so, and this was this was a year before that. So, so, so he's been, you know, he's got his eye on it for a while. And let's see, he does. It said that he didn't refer to any of the past iterations to uh, to develop his role. But I mean, he did. There was obviously well, maybe unintentional. What's that? He's. I mean, everybody's seen all those other movies. Yeah, I don't know. They try to do their own thing, but he. The, I mean, for me, it felt, it felt some of the things felt like some of the old characters. Maybe that was just co- a good coincidence. But he, it felt fresh to me. Yeah, I'm not saying it wasn't fresh, but there were some things where I was like, "Oh yeah, that's got a little bit of Heath Ledger in there. That's got a little bit of Caesar Romero from the old." Mm-hmm. You know, it's just and again, maybe it was just a happy coincidence. And he instead he he focused on and studied like silent film stars like Buster Keaton and Ray Bolger, old movies. Took inspiration from the Scarecrow of Wizard of Oz. That's where he kind of gathered his Joker from. And you can tell in like the dancing and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it was it was per, it was so good. Yeah, so they they it's obvious we talked about it already. A lot of the major influences were from those old character study films. So like Taxi Driver, King, the King of Comedy, Serpico, Raging Bull, you know, uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, things like that, which was good. And again, I like homages and, they did, and when they do it right, it makes for a good movie. If you ever read the graphic novel, The Killing Joke, the storyline of the failed stand-up comedian is from that book. So it's not a completely original story. They take that, and uh, I even think they use the name Arthur Fleck in that. 
I think that's what in the in the animated Killing Joke. Whenever, because remember they do do a flashback yeah. of the Joker. Does he say his name? Do they? Does his sure say his name in the comic? I, I, I don't remember the Killing Joke uh, movie that well, but I do remember the the book. Well, there's a sequence in the movie where they talk, you know, where it talks about that about him. And the funny the thing about up. the book is is what they do. They have like different origin stories. So they have the Killing Joke. It's kind of like how Heath Ledger had all those different stories that he would tell people, like how he got his scars. Well, for that, it was like Joker said, oh, well, this is my origin story. Oh, this is my origin story. And it was always different. But he had these very detailed stories, which led to how ambiguous the character is, which was part of the appeal to me and why I like the Joker so much. But, again, what else do I got? Um, the script often changed a day on the day before shooting, and the actors would have to adapt, which I think is really cool. Keeps it really, really fresh. Maybe, maybe it's really yeah. I think maybe it's part it's of why good. they uh, the actors did so well. Let me see what else I got. Yeah, before filming, Phillips told Phoenix that he envisioned the Joker's laughter as something that was almost painful, which I think he did. I think he, you know what I mean? Because like sometimes when he laughed, it, you could tell it wasn't. A lot of times when he laughed, you can tell it was something. It wasn't because it was something was funny. And, yeah, and we. we and Phoenix also talked about his actual physical laugh. There's parts in the movie where he's actually choking up, and that's probably real, yeah. like him coughing and choking. You know, when you laugh so hard, yeah. it hurts your throat. Yeah, for sure. There are at least three different laughs that the Joker does in the movie, and I don't know if the casual viewer would notice this, but he does. I can see. Yeah, he does the affliction laugh when something's hurting. Uh, he did the one of the guys, quote unquote, one of the guys laughs, and then he. And, and then he did the authentic, pure joy laugh at the end of the movie. But if you if you go back and rewatch it, you can tell the difference between all of them. I can I can I can say for sure I heard at least two different laughs. Yeah. Uh, although Robert De Niro is Walking Phoenix's favorite American actor, they barely talked on the set, probably because of just how they both are, like in real in real life. Yeah, I don't um, think. They talked to many people. Yeah. In fact, there was a little awkward tension between the two because De Niro insisted that the cast do a read-through before filming his scenes while Walking Phoenix didn't want to do any read-throughs. But I think, obviously, they worked it out because they did pretty good. Yeah, they had a good... Their scenes... I mean, De Niro has several scenes in the movie, but they only have the... You know, the climax is really their only scene. Yeah, they're yeah. And to talk about Joaquin Phoenix real quick, like... Dude, a few years ago, I got to find a movie of it. In 2013, I remember he came out and said he was done acting and he was going to be a singer. I don't even remember this. He grew his hair really, really long. He grew a huge long beard and he wore black sunglasses everywhere he went. Mm -hmm. And I remember when he was going around, um, he was getting filmed. There was a film crew with him. Yeah, he went, through, like, he went through a phase, crazy man phase. It was like it was like the late two thousands. Well, anyways, this was several years that this happened. All come to find out, he wasn't done acting, and it wasn't he wasn't a movie star. Like he was making a mockumentary movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he just pretended that he quit acting and was this music star, but was doing concerts and everything. Yeah. The whole thing was a sham, dude. Like, yeah, he's still weird. That's weird. Really, yeah, for depth sure. He's a weird guy. dude. And not weird in a bad way. I've used that term very uh, sincerely. Um, he was in this Western movie that 
this is when I fell in love with his acting. I can't remember. I think it was with John C. Riley. Damn. Walk the line. No, not walk the line. Or no, Johnny. He played Johnny Cash. No, 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 no. Um, he was in this Western movie. It's it's more recent than the walk Sisters the Brothers. Yes. Yes, it's an amazing movie. Oh my gosh, that movie was so good, and it, it for me, I was just like, this guy is probably one of my favorite actors. It's if you guys haven't seen the Sister Brothers, you need to watch it. You need to watch. You were never really here too on. I mean, hey, he here in the since 2010, the immigrant, great movie. Her with uh, where he basically was surprisingly. I didn't watch that until years after it came out. So her is so good. He buys this apartment that's got this AI artificial intelligence systems in it. That's um, what's her name? Black Widow plays the voice of it. Scarlett Johansson is the voice of her, and he like falls in love with her. You were never really here. Really good. Sisters Brothers, really good. Joker, really good. Um, Inherent Vice, if you have not seen that, it's like a, it's almost like an American version of like Snatch or something. Mm. Um, kind of that kind of, you know, crazy, a lot of characters, a lot of different storylines going on, all kind of wrapped in one. He's in that as well. It's Man, it, <sighs> We Own the Night is another good movie. Yeah, We Own the Night. Really, 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 really good movie. Or a really good actor. Good actor. A lot of actors that played the Joker, or mainly just Heath Ledger, said that they went to really dark places. Obviously, Heath Ledger, you know, went way, way dark. Um, but Walking Phoenix said he didn't have that experience at all. He said he didn't struggle. It was enjoyable. It was fulfilling. And he's good. He said it wasn't it. Someone asked him, was it his dream role? And he was like, no, that wasn't my dream role. But he said, now that I've done it, and... He said, I can't stop thinking about it. So he said, it's become a dream role. It wasn't initially. And he wants to work with Todd Phillips more. And he said, there's e- there even maybe, you know, I've been talking to him. Is there something more we can do with Joker? And I'm just like, God, don't do it. I'll do it, man. Yeah. Just do do another, collaborate again because y'all did a good job. Yeah. You know, Walking Phoenix was uh, the only other person. He was rumored and he was in talks to play Doctor Strange in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and he was the only other person that I would have been okay with playing Doctor Strange other than... I believe it. So, for those of you that don't know, he's... Uh, well, King Phoenix is actually the younger brother, the late, late, late River Phoenix, River, yeah. who played um, young Indiana Jones. He was in Stand By Me. He um, basically died of an overdose at the Viper Lounge, which was a club owned by Johnny Depp in the 90s. Oh, yeah. Fun fact. So... Yeah, they have another sibling too. That's that's either an actor or a singer. I can't remember who it is. Oh, really? Yeah, for another time. So let's see. Let's rank our jokers. Real quick, stand by. Music. Uh, I want to talk on the music. It's like we talked about this a second ago. German Hildor can't pronounce. Um, Go check out her music. She's done music for Joker, Sicario, The Revenant. She did the she did the music for the for the show uh, Chernobyl yeah. that just came out, and that was an amazing, mm-hmm. an amazing, amazing show. So she's done some uh, music for some some pretty good. Um, or I say music. She was the composer uh, for some decent movies here, The Revenant with uh, John, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, and there's a lot of music driven in that movie because there's a lot of parts where there's not a lot of talking. So. Um, 
keep an eye on if you're into the if you're into that stuff if you care about the scores which i'm a big fan of scores i'm weird like that so keep an eye out for hildor i'm not even gonna try to pronounce the last name so the g <laughs> yeah you know what she might be swedish or it's stuck to the g but it's a daughter like you know thor's daughter you know iceland she's from yeah, iceland yeah. so there you go okay makes sense anyways back to ranking all jokers yeah. all iterations animated voiceover as well whatever whatever you consider your jokers i mean because there are a couple animateds for me but not all of them like the lego ones i'm not really caring about any of those but like mark hamill in the batman animated series i think deserves to be ranked he's on my list okay all right you go first or should we how many are we doing uh, for my list, I because there's like 17, like Joe DiMaggio. Yeah, there's a bunch. For, what do you What do you have? One, two, three, four, five, six. I have seven of them, and it's mainly again those guys that played them in the TV shows, uh, whatever. All the other because there's a lot of Batman TV shows, a lot of Batman movies. Those guys do a good job, but these are more like main roles or iconic roles. Mm-hmm. I have two actual uh, uh, animated voices on here the rest are actors uh who's your number seven uh so we're going worst to least sure or worst to best i mean yeah okay so my worst joker because again this is just spanning best to worst on the more not notable roles the worst jerry leto uh yeah i forgot i wasn't even thinking about him because he was not in that movie at all yeah I feel bad for him because he didn't even get a chance to really give us a good. I feel like they tried too many things with that movie. Mm-hmm. It was just they really tried way too. They took too many chances. They should have just. What? Why? Why couldn't they just did the normal Joker in that? I feel like the fans would have appreciated that more. But whatever. I feel like he again. I feel like he could have did a good job because Jerry Little is a good actor. So when I say worst, he's just seven. Not necessarily worst. He didn't get a lot of time in that movie. He probably won't ever get his own movie. I really only have four or five Jokers, so yeah. you might have a couple more you picked up on me. Yeah, no. And they're all really, really good, so keep going. I forgot about him. So I'm going to go best. I'm going to go best. I'm going to go okay. one, one to seven. So Heath Ledger is number one for me. Again, like I said before, it's a long shot. Yeah, I agree. I'm. It's not as long for me, yeah. but I, I'll I'll give Heath Ledger the nod. That's and it's mainly it's because when Heath Ledger was first announced, I was like, no way, it's the worst casting. I'm never gonna like this, and I fell in love with that Joker when I saw it in the theater. That's and it was it blew my mind how good it was, and I was surprised. And today to this date, I've not been surprised by another eleven. Eleven years later, that pushing twelve years later, pushing twelve years, I have not yet to be surprised by an actor th- that impactful. And what's crazy is our kids. It'll be like, you know, when you were a kid, and your grandpa would let you watch. You know, you watch movies with your papas, and there'd be this epic villain, yeah. like westerns and stuff. Yeah, this sure. this Heath Ledger rendition will be that for like sure. for our kids. The pencil scene alone in that movie was just like, all right, I'm sold. That scene, my favorite scene is the um, the hospital scene. The hospital scene was great, but then that start to finish. At that point, I was like, "Man, this movie is 
it's only halfway over. <laughs> and what a lot of people don't realize about the hospital scene is the, the detonator, like that whole him, like looking at it and it not going off. That wasn't scripted. It like yeah. did actually malfunction, but he just stayed in character. So good. amazing. So good. That right, scene, the, uh, the scene with the lighting all the money on fire. I was like, this is perfect. This is, this is what the character is. And that's why, you know, again, that's why I talk about the source material so much. Second on my list is obviously Mark Hamill. He did the original, or he did the Batman animated series, Voice of the Joker, which most of us around our age and maybe a little bit older, a little bit younger, that's the Joker that we associate probably, not most, but before Heath Ledger and not counting Jack Nicholson, the most. He also did the Voice of Joker in all the Batman Arkham games. Just, just a great, just the perfect voice for it. I'm gonna slot in. Uh, you're, I can't. All right, I'll stick with him at number two. Do you want me to just give my list and then you give your list? Did you only have four? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so then I have three. I have uh, Jack Nicholson because I love that movie so much, and then maybe just a personal preference. I love that movie so much. It's not even necessarily that good. But it's such a weird casting for the Joker, but he did a good job. Like when he pulled, when Batman's coming in on his plane at the parade and he pulls out that stupid long gun out of his pants, boom. And I like like the part when he's like, you wouldn't hit a guy with glasses, would you? Yeah, there's this perfect scene. There's these little scenes that I'm like, yeah, that's Joker. Yep. Yeah, Yeah, that's Joker. It's a Tim Burton, you know, version of Joker. That's there's just these scenes in these movies that I'm like, yep, that's Joker. You did it. You nailed it. And okay. that's watching the glasses, the the big gun, and he shoots the bat. The, he shoots the bat blade. Like that to me, I'm just like, yep, that's it. You did it. did Joker have that yep scene for you? Uh, no. Mm, it's tough. It, did, it didn't. So that's why walking so low on this list. He is four because he did. You can't, you cannot acknowledge his acting in the movie. His laugh, his laugh was good for me. I was like, okay, that's a good Joker laugh. That's one thing that you have to nail with the Joker. You got to nail a laugh. And I feel like he did that, but it didn't have the moment. It didn't have the moment like every, all the other ones. It was just like, mm, I was looking for it. And maybe that's what's missing for me. You know, I said I've been searching for the, that thing that I can't put my finger on maybe that's what it is it didn't have the joker moment i don't know it sucks but these four uh five on my list is caesar romero and that's just probably these are just honorable mentions that's nostalgia yeah these are on the last three are honorable mentions caesar romero is i watched the old adam west batman a lot when i was a kid my grandpa probably introduced it to me like oh put this on you can watch this you're a kid kids watch this stuff and so I, I really love he's he was the zany Joker that I like, you know, silly, you know, over the top, and that's why nonviolent, the nonviolent yeah, Joker, yeah, more pranks than anything. And mm-hmm. The next next on the list six again honorable mention is Zach Galifianakis in the Lego movies. I don't know if you've seen any of them. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's actually really funny as the Joker in that. If you haven't seen the Lego Batman movie, you. And because you know you don't watch cartoons or you're a grown up, you only watch your serious comic book movies. You're missing out. It's a hilarious. The Lego movies in general are they're really great. good. They're great, but the Batman Lego movie was surprisingly good, and the Joker in it was so good. 
<laughs> Zach Galifianakis surprised me. He did a great job. It's it's only his voice. But I, it was one of those things like, why? They're just getting Zach Galifianakis because he's funny. It's not going to work. But he did perfect. I'd almost like to see him take a crack at a live-action Joker. I mean, at, at this point, I feel like he could, man. Because he's so goofy all the time. But he's a good actor. I'd like to, he, yes, I'd like to see, I think he has more depth than people give him credit for. I'd like to see him take a serious role. In, because here's the thing about Zach Galifianakis is, remember the movie Out Cold, the snowboarding movie from like 2003? I did not until, the, I first heard about that movie on a previous podcast that we did and you talked about it. Never heard about that before. That. So he plays like a, like a jock, like a jock dude, like a badass in the movie. Yeah. So it's weird to go back and watch that knowing because everybody thinks of him from The Hangover. You know what I mean? Like that's what he's Alan. You know what I mean? But he's he's not in that other movie. So he's got depth. I'd like to see him take a crack at yeah, it. I'd like to see him take a crack at something. He's, he's a really good actor. He kind of took a step back from like main roles. He has a show on FX. Yeah. I know he's got a show, um, The Clown Show. Yeah, with uh, <laughs> figure. Louis Armstrong. Louis yeah. Armstrong. Louis Anderson. Louis Armstrong. Oh, God. Yeah, and then Jared Leto. Mainly because it's sad that he didn't really get a crack at it. Yeah, I feel like he didn't get a crack. But what we saw, I didn't think it was very good. Oh. But... And bad writing, though. It's Yes. It's bad writing. Not anything to do with the actor. Could have did a good job. It was just bad writing. Because the other so, thing is, if, and this is not what they should do, but they can still tie it all together. Because there was a theory going around that there was another Joker out there. Uh, Jared Leto, his character was Jason Todd. Robin. You know, when you saw, and then he went and, so Jason Todd died. You know, they had the Robin suit up with the ha-has all over it. You know, destroyed. And it wasn't the Batman movie. It was in Batman vs. Superman. And so they're saying that Joker, it could be old man Joker, kills Jason Todd, or not, you know, beats the crap out of Jason Todd, messes him up, and then kind of creates the next generation Joker. But that would be way loose. They shouldn't do that. But it's, you know, tying theories and theories together, which is... Dude, these people that come up with these are really good. They're really good. Which they have too much time on their hands. Mainly me. (laughs) So give me your list. I know you said you're... So... Briefly, I'm gonna go Heath Ledger. He just, you're right. You can't not. I mean, he. That's there won't be another better Joker. Not like, uh, not like all, say all around. It's yeah. not fair to say Walking because if you put Walking Phoenix in that role, I'm not. He could have did extra, way better than Heath. Ledger. Like his his. You take the early part of the movie out, his iteration as being Joker in a Batman movie yeah. would be would be good. Good. I'm not saying it would be better than Heath Ledger, but it would still I think it would be fine. You know all I mean? around Joker with movie character setting. Like we you know, the setting is big is a big part of it. Heath Ledger obviously wins. It's not really fair. I'm letting Joaquin, I know you had Mark Hamill second. I'm bringing in Joaquin Phoenix second. And the only reason Mark Hamill's third, and the only reason he's third is because I get that some of the, like, Batman, the killing joke is, you know, rated PG-13. But I think just the animated part of it, and like you said, the Joker voice I think of anytime I think of Joker is Mark Hamill's Joker. Mm -hmm. Just like I almost think of Kevin Conroy when I think of Batman voice. 
it's but so cool that both of them are going to be in. So there's this big crossover with the the DC shows, which I keep talking about mainly mm-hmm. because it's a lot of stuff coming out right now about the DC shows. They're doing this huge, biggest crossover they've done, and they have all these alternate. It's Crisis on Infinite Earths. All these crossover characters are coming in. They just announced that. Tom Welling from Smallville is reprising his role as Superman for the first time in, oh, what, a de- over a decade? Real quick, Smallville is a really good Superman wow. series if you haven't it's, watched it. Tom Welling's coming back as Superman for the first time. It's huge news. He's going to be Superman. Uh, Brandon Ralph is going to be Superman again from Superman Returns. Mark Hamill's going to be in there. Kevin Conroy's playing old man Bruce Wayne. How are they going to do that? How are they going to like do that? actual Bruce Wayne. Um, okay. So that'll be cool. what's Hamill playing, old well, man Joker. Well, Hamill's been in Flash. Hamill's the prankster in Flash. That's so right. He'll be in it. Which is basically it was basically the Joker. So it's really big news that this. That it's cool that they're doing all. They're paying all these homages to all these characters, and they're just going out I with things. I was trying to get into that early and watch Flash, and I watched the first couple seasons, and I just I don't I just lost I just. Not because it wasn't good. Flash was really good, but I'm still going to watch all that crossover yeah. stuff. It's just one of those because. filler shows for me. Like, you know, they have certain seasons go out in fall. Certain seasons only come out in spring. But for me, it's one of those sure. filler seasons. Like, nothing's on. I've already binge-watched my Amazon shows, my Netflix shows. So I'll watch, you know, I'll watch my DC shows. It's kind of filler when I'm cleaning or working on something else. Um, Jack Nicholson is my number four. And then I forgot about Cesar Romero as well because I used to That's watch Batman. So there's an honorable mention. Man. Yeah, but you know, mainly the debate is Ledger or Phoenix. And I yeah. still say, even though it's a nine out of ten, I'm not backing off that. Ledger is, I think, setting. I think everything else, you know, this, like you said, everything and I, again, it. I have a friend named Garen. He's, I, him and I argue a lot about comic book stuff. Uh, but. He made a very good point, and I didn't agree with him in our conversation. He'll hear this, and he'll say something about it. But he made a very good point. It's not so much of a comparison, and I will say this. It's more of 1A, 1B, and I'll, and I'll allow that because it's, it's, as you mentioned earlier, it's a lot to do with the setting. So it's, it's yeah. 1A, 1B, obviously – the slight advantage advantage goes to Heath Ledger if we're being unbiased. I'm being biased. I'm a big comic book fan. So for you to make a comic book movie and say there's no comic book ties, to me it's already off-putting. It kind of already just like, ah, well, whether whatever you say this movie is about, it is still a comic book movie for adults. Uh, without a doubt. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like to try to market it as something else is just kind of off-putting. There are me. a lot of themes that – like I saw some younger people bringing their young kids and I'm not going to tell anybody how to raise their kids, Yikes! but you know what I mean? Like I'm not, I'm not that person, but it like watching the movie, I'm like, man, I don't, maybe kids are just more adultish than they are, but I'm like, man, junior high yeah. kids probably don't need to be watching this movie. I, I mean, even high school kids, man, cause just the, the complexity of the depth and those people do not, didn't know what they were taking their kids to. And that sucks because they yeah, it's a Joker. Yeah, let's go see it. No, that is from Lego Movie. It's a character study movie. Like it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's deep. It's deep. It's, a, very it's, emotional, it's an emotional ride, and kids. Yeah, it's just it's it's disturbing. A lot of it's disturbing for an adult to watch. Like for me, I was just like, man, 
some of it's hard to watch because like watching a guy get the crap eat out of him for no reason is posed true. yeah it posed morality questions that you will have to answer yourself you know once once yeah. you're in the movie and watching the dude watching people get killed is not easy to watch <laughs> it really isn't like you know you have those gory gore fest movies but it's just in a movie like this it's not the same as like a jason or you know halloween movie or even deadpool and i know i said deadpool is more violent but it just seems so much more intimate in this movie yeah. it's like the same thing with like batman killing people in batman versus superman like it's it's a comic book movie because you know you know there's just going to be casualties of war or whatever but this is more yeah more intimate it's more about this guy being pushed into a corner and you know what comes out of the corner isn't the same person so mm-hmm. It was good. So, I, I, and I'm just playing devil's advocate in this episode. It wouldn't be a very good episode if me and Murph just agreed the entire time. All right. It. Somebody, I was I was right, so we'd have somebody be on the yeah. non-right side. I, I like the movie. Real quick, my favorite scene, for those of you that go see it, I was the only one in my theater that busts out laughing. He's getting interviewed by these detectives who um, are questioning about this, and he kind of, his mom's in the hospital, and he basically was like, hey, I don't have time to y'all. Talk to y'all, fuck off. I'm going to the hospital. Starts walking, and it's a super serious scene. Everything's kind of somber, and then he just fucking walks. It's a sliding glass door. You know when you go to hospitals, how they automatically open? He just fucking slams into it, and they're like, hey, it's an exit only, and he's like waving his hand in front of it. It's just yeah. little it's, things. I thought his jokes were funny. Like, obviously not. God, it too. His more morbid jokes were like, ugh, man, this is, this is getting hard. Yeah, the joke he tells on Robert De Niro's show was pretty morbid. Yeah. I can't remember it, but it was like, like yikes. Man, you're about to kill, you know, he's about to kill Robert De Niro. You're thinking it the whole time. And mm-hmm. You're just like, ooh, this is, this is hard. <laughs> it's hard to watch. And we've seen it a million times, but watching Bruce Wayne's parents get murdered is just like, phew, that sucks. But they almost, they almost make you feel like, I'm not mad that Thomas Wayne just got Thomas murdered. Was a dick in this movie. That's what I'm saying. When he gets it, you're like, "Good, fuck him." Like he punches him in the face because he's being a dick. He's a dick. Flashpoint paradox, Bruce Wayne or Thomas Wayne? No, see, Flashpoint's cooler. This one was just like an old, rich douchebag. Yeah, for That's sure. Th- Thomas Wayne in Flashpoint was was a badass. So yeah, he's. He's resourceful. He was like, I don't know. He was like Negan. Like that, if they make a Flashpoint movie, that guy that plays Negan, uh, Jeffrey D. Morgan. Jeffrey D. Morgan. That, yeah. And, and that's 100% who needs to play. Didn't he play Thomas Wayne in the flashbacks? Of the yes. Snyder movies? Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, of the Snyder movies. Already done. Yep. Sidebar. Problem. It's uh, Scott Snyder has been releasing like all kinds of stuff these past few days. Yeah, he just uh, real quick. He just confirmed that the the general and um, the light skinned black dude, the general and Man of Steel, was actually Martian Manhunter. Why? Whatever. Let it go, man. I don't know. I, don't know. I still want to see his cut. Let Sorry, it go. But... If that's in it, I absolutely want to see it. Kerry. He also said that the girl that Bruce Wayne saves. And, you know, from the big battle, it's Carrie Kelly, and the Dark Knight Returns. Carrie Kelly is the chick that becomes Robin, and so it's another little thing. He's just—I think it's just connecting these. He might just be putting random things in there now, just to kind of keep the buzz going. For the <laughs> who knows? Man. Jesus Christ! I don't know. There's no way that his cut of the movie 
there's no way that his cut of the movie is so good that it's just like a completely different movie. There's no way. Is it ever going to get released? No. <laughs> Maybe like, I say no. There's no way they're going to do that. Because it just makes them look stupid. Yeah, it does. From not like, for, you know, for not doing it. Okay, that's it. That's all. That's all we have to talk about. I think we're circling the drain. We we reviewed it as much as we we uh, dissected it as much as we could. And if you didn't see the movie, um, I guess you enjoyed it by listening to us talk about it. But vaguely spoiling it. Yeah, you need to go ex- go experience it if you're into it. You're interested. It's a good movie. The music is. I get shot up, man. So they might be waiting. I got a buddy that didn't see it today because he's hyper paranoid about stuff like that. Yeah, man. Well, I don't know. Uh, so as Murph only has a week to read this, it's a very good read. And uh, the comic book for the, the comic trade for October is a Batman book, keeping it on, you know, keeping it on the trending topic of Joker, but which Joker's not even in this, but <laughs> Batman. Uh, and it's October, so Halloween. It's Batman: The Long Halloween, probably. One of the top five best Batman stories, so it's an easy read. And I'll send it to you. It's, you'll get through it like super fast. And read it in your downtime at work or something. Cool, sounds good. And we'll talk a little bit about that next week. If you're out there and you're listening, I would uh, strongly suggest going to your library and picking it up. It's again top five Batman stories. You can't go wrong, and I, I think you'll agree uh, because it'll tie to what I think the Matt Reeves Batman movie should be. It should be based off of this story. Oh shit. Okay. But this is, that's my strong suggestion. Free spoil alerts. Yeah. It's my strong suggestion. Also DC, this is just random circle in the drain news. DC is doing this thing where you can pitch what they should do for shows or content on DC universe. And the winners get all kinds of uh, yeah, all kinds like, of like third place, second place, first place, first place. You get like yeah. producer credit. Yeah, you know. and Murph and I are going to put our heads together yeah. and try to get the producer credit because that the bomb. We'll have an answer for that next week. Yeah, yeah. So uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe. <laughs> Smash that like and subscribe. <laughs> and we will see you guys next week. Hey guys, I wanted to take another quick second and say thank you for stopping by and listening to me and Murph's nonsense. If you really want to support the podcast, take a screenshot of this episode right now and post it on your story. Tag us and we'll repost it. See you guys next week.